Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm the creator and editor-in-chief of Divorced Girl Smiling, the company that offers people facing divorce, trusted, vetted divorce professionals, a podcast, articles, a mobile app, and a free consult. Before we get started, I want to talk about and recommend someone who might be able to help you if you're going through a divorce and you need help with any financial planning, financial advising, and investing. Her name is Joanne Littman, and I have known Jo, I call her Jo, for several years. She works with a ton of men and women going through a divorce, some of whom have never manage their finances, and don't know what they're doing. Jo is amazing. I just love her, and people going through a divorce love working with her. And you can find Joanne Littman in the Trusted Partners section of Divorced Girls Smiling. So if you're listening to this and you are considering getting divorced or you're going through one, there's one thing I think everybody has in common. You want a good divorce outcome right? I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. You want the best possible outcome, whether that means financially, for your custody arrangement, for your living space, where you're going to live, assets, everything. You want the best outcome. Oh, and I forgot one important thing. You want to hopefully have a good, friendly amicable relationship with your ex if you can because when people are amicable they're more likely to stick to the agreement that they put in place and then there's no more going back to court and aggravation and time and money spent so today i want to offer six tips on how to have a good outcome in your divorce and I have a wonderful guest for this. Catherine Becker Good is a divorce attorney based in Massachusetts. And Catherine has been in practice for over 34 years. She's a skilled negotiator and mediator. And she's just a great person. So hi, Catherine. Hello, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. And thank you so much for writing this wonderful article, Helping People know how to get a good outcome in a divorce. And the first thing you wrote in the article, the first tip was to put the children first. And I feel like people listening might be just like sort of rolling their eyes going, oh, I know that's obvious. But tell us what that really means and how it can benefit not just the children, but everybody. So I think it's important um, for a parent going through divorce to remember that um, your ex or soon-to-be ex-spouse is your children's parent, and they love their parent, um, and they don't want to be caught in the middle of you know this contentious divorce or caught up in the emotions between the parents. You really need to put that first um, and fo- and leave sort of your emotions and your negative feelings behind. And not only does that benefit your children during the the course of the divorce and and after the divorce, but eventually you will be able to get to a place where the emotions are tampered down. Um, You you are able to not focus on all the negatives with respect to your ex-spouse and really think of them as a parent and think of the family as a whole and try to treat the family as a whole moving forward so that the family doesn't suffer, even though the 
even though you and your partner are going through a divorce? So it's an interesting thing that you say as somebody going through, who went through a divorce. I am not a hateful person, but at the beginning of the divorce, I have never felt so much hate and anger and resentment. And mm. I was just, I didn't even like myself. I was so full of hate for my ex. And you're right. And I had young children. And the thing is, what I want to tell my listeners is this is not an easy thing to do. But what Catherine is telling you is that if you have it in your mind to put the children first, and if you, whatever question comes up, ask yourself, is this going to be the best thing for my children? And the answer is yes, then do it. Just go with that mm -hmm. because, as Catherine said, it's not just about the children, although that's a humongous part of it, but what happens is, I can say from experience, is that you get in this mindset where you're training yourself almost. It's almost like a cognitive therapy where you're training yourself to think in that children mode and think of your ex as the parent and bite your tongue and suck up your pride and stop focusing on the hate. And then it almost becomes natural to do that. I agree. Absolutely. So when it comes natural, then all of the decisions you're going to make in the future are going to be those that put your children first and you're going to benefit from it too, because everything's going to be more peaceful. You're going to make much more rational decisions and you're not going to have this hate in you because you will have conditioned yourself to think about the kids much more. I swear it really does work. Second tip try not to play the victim. Tell me about that. So I think typically in a divorce, it's, it's easy for at least one party, sometimes both parties, to feel as if they're the victim, you know, depending upon the facts of the case. Uh, but, you know, oftentimes people are just focused on themselves, which is okay and which is, nat is natural for a period of time. But what I find is that that then prevents people from um, being able to move on and, as we were discussing before, putting the children first or looking at the divorce um, in a more neutral, um, objective way. I think when you, you know, you find, you feel as if you're the victim, there's a lot of animosity um, that goes along with it. There's resentment. There's all sorts of negative feelings that really then uh, prevent you from moving forward and working toward an amicable divorce. And to add to what you're saying, the victim mentality is that you're weak, you have no mm -hmm. self-confidence, woe is me, doom and gloom, nothing's going to turn out fine. So instead, try to shift the victim mentality. Of course, you're a victim. Everyone of divorce is a victim. It's sad. But if you can slowly shift and move into empowerment inner strength, independence. Okay, now I have this to face, but I know in my core, I have all of this strength that needs to come out. Then you're going to make better decisions. You're going to be stronger and you will have a better outcome. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pilisoff. I'm here with Catherine Becker-Good, Massachusetts divorce attorney, and we are talking six tips on how to have a good outcome in your divorce. 
We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have four more wonderful tips. We'll be right back. When I got divorced in 2008, there was no such thing as a divorce coach. I don't think the profession even existed. And I wish so much that I had had the option of working with one. I think it would have taken a lot of the fear of the unknown and a lot of the stress away that I was experiencing at the time, which caused me sleepless nights, a lot of pain, and just kind of a hopeless feeling. So I would highly recommend a divorce coach. And if you're looking for one, I would recommend Holly Herzog. She is a therapist turned divorce coach. She works with clients all over the U.S. in individual and group coaching sessions. And Holly is just wonderful. She also wrote an online e-course called Stagger, Stumble, and Stand, which is designed to help people getting divorced get through the first few months. And you can find Holly at graceuntethered.com or in the trusted partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to talk about and recommend divorce mediator Michael Cohen. So if you are considering mediating your divorce and you want to learn more and you want to see if it's possible for you, I would highly recommend consulting with Michael. Michael is a former corporate executive turned divorce mediator. He is the father of three who went through a highly contentious divorce several years ago, and that is what inspired him to do what he's doing now. He has tons of passion, he's really smart, and he's a great person to consult with about many things regarding divorce. If you want to reach Michael, you can reach him at michaelsmediation.com or in the trusted partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff. I'm your host. We are talking to Katherine Becker-Good, Massachusetts divorce attorney. Katherine and I are talking about six tips to having a great outcome in your divorce. And before we move on, I want to say that the mission of Divorced Girl Smiling is to help you have as good of divorce outcome as possible. That's what my mission is. And how do you do that? By surrounding yourself with and hiring good, vetted, trusted divorce professionals like Catherine. Catherine, number three, yes. don't focus on the past. Why do you think people spend so much time and they can't get out of the past? I think, I think it's a, a natural sort of human reaction, um, particularly if it's the past was traumatic in any way. I think it's difficult for people to just put it behind them and move on. But if you think about it and, and, and acknowledge that you can't change the past, the past is the past, so why dwell on it? Um, it also is unproductive. It can cause more resentment, which is resentment oftentimes leads to anger and hostility. And so instead of trying to focus on the present and the future and what you would like your future to look like, um, people sometimes get caught in this, this past um, uh, obsession with the past. So if you are, if your goal is to move forward with an amicable divorce and um, be able to move forward with your life in a positive way, I think it's important to put the past behind you, close that door, and only focus on the present and the future. 
Great, great advice. Now, I want to say something, though. Catherine and I are not telling you that you shouldn't grieve your divorce. You have every right to say, this is horrible. He cheated on me, or he was abusive, or she was never focused on me. Whatever you're mourning or grieving, grieve it. But when you get into the business part of your divorce and you're talking with your attorney and you're in mediation and you're going through the divorce, really, really try to block that out. The place for the past is in your therapist's office. When you're talking about making these business decisions, and that means custody, it means assets, it means child support, everything that has to do with a divorce. It's time to take the past out and really, really focus on what you want your post-divorce to look like. Number four, oh, I just said number four, focus on, <laughs> focus on what you want. Oh, but this is different, not on how to hurt or punish your ex. Do you see people do this, Catherine? I do. And it's really unfortunate. And I think it almost plays in with the, you know, the victim mentality that we talked about before, where people just cannot get past the past um, and what happened and the, the history of the relationship. And they just, it becomes almost like an obsession. And even years later, they're still dwelling on, you know, what went wrong in the marriage and they're still harboring this resentment. Um, and, and really do try to, you know, for lack of a better word, punish um, their ex, either through the children or directly or by excluding them from certain things. So what I'm hearing is that people do things out of vengeance at times. And what I want to say to people listening is I'm validating you. I know you're hurt. I know you're really pissed. I know you're angry and you want your ex to suffer as much as you are. And that is all normal and understandable. But when you go into that courtroom or that mediation session or you're talking to your lawyer about certain decisions, ask yourself the question, is this going to benefit my kids? Is this what I really want or am I just trying to hurt so-and-so? And be honest with yourself because I promise you trying to hurt your ex is the worst strategy in divorce that you can go for. It will destroy everything. If you take the high road, even though it's hard as hell to do, and you focus on what you want your post-divorce to look like, it will work out for you. Yeah, I'd just like to add that, um, you know, the, the example that I spoke about, people who just, you know, cannot get past the past, cannot get past their divorce, and it lingers with them for years. I mean, it really, I see... It, it, it affects every aspect of their life and they aren't able to move forward and be happy in their own life because they just cannot um, let go and can't move forward. Two examples of what you're saying, I, and these are personal people that I know. One person has no friends anymore because nobody wants to hear about her divorce eight years later. Mm. Nobody can. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so sad, but she can't let it go. And people get very tired of it. Second example is this woman had this like awesome antique store and everybody would shop there. And then she went through a divorce and she talked 
to all her customers about it for so long that she literally went out of business because nobody wanted to go in there around that toxicity. It was just too much. And mm -hmm. it was so, so sad to me because she had such a talent and she wasn't able to pull herself out of that past, angry, bitter, and focusing on her own life after the divorce. And let me tell you, it wasn't a good divorce and I, I feel for her, but she really destroyed herself. Let mm. her ex, let her destroy herself. Right, right. Number five, try to see your spouse as a parent, not your ex. Now I know you already said that, but let's delve mm -hmm. a little deeper into this. If you know that your, your partner um, loves their children, which, parents do, and the children love their parent, then you really have to put that first and realize that allowing the children to spend time with the other parent or with both parents benefits them as a whole. Not only does it, is it good for the children, but it also shows some goodwill on the part of the, the, um, the parent to work with the other parent, to not try to alienate them, to try to keep them in sort of favorable view with the children. And usually um, I find that that's reciprocated in kind by the other parent, um, you know, goodwill begets goodwill. And so I think um, just that one little piece can, can um, really help to um, create a more positive, more amicable atmosphere. Let's say you are kind and you are being nice for the benefit of your kids and your ex does not react by, and he, he or she is still so rude and awful to you, it doesn't matter. You're still doing the right thing because when you just act with kindness, no one has ever regretted and saying, I shouldn't have been so nice. It makes you feel <laughs> so good about yourself and say, you know what? He's still right. being a jerk to me, but I don't care because right. this is who I am. And all good things and karma always comes around to people who are really nice, good people who treat other people with respect. Mm -hmm. I agree. Last point, mediate your divorce. So I on this show all the time, just talk about how mediation is the best way to get divorced. Mediation, you wrote in the article, is actually the hallmark of an amicable divorce. And more and more couples are realizing that today. So tell my listeners what's so great about mediation and how does it, in your opinion, get you the best outcomes? Well, the premise of mediation is that you have a neutral third party who is there to assist um, a couple in trying to negotiate between themselves <clears throat> a, an agreement that fits their situation. And so the mediation process can allow people to think outside the box, can allow them to be creative and to come up with an agreement that best suits their family and the particular needs of their family, or you know, including financial needs, the needs of the children, um, et cetera, what the future looks like. Um, both in a, in a mediation, both parties have to um, agree to participate. It's a voluntary process, and so usually, if you have two people who are willing to enter into mediation and really put some skin in the game. I find that they're they're more willing to then follow through with whatever they agree upon. So once they do reach an agreement, 
um, it's, it's less likely that one of the parties will later go back and try and change it or undo what was done. Um, not only do you have that benefit, but you also, I also find that people leave the mediation process not hating the other person. Um, you know, it's also less stressful because it's, it's more of a um, <clears throat> calm environment and not to say that there aren't some mediation sessions that can um, get a little um, uh, heated. Um, heated, <laughs> perfect word, but in general, people try to keep their emotions in check, try to keep their comments in check, and just work through the different issues um, to the point where they hopefully have a full agreement. So assuming that happens, and, and really if people are committed to mediation, for the most part, it's usually successful. Um, and I, I will say to people, if you don't think, you know, if you're stuck on a particular issue and you don't see either of you moving at all, then maybe mediation isn't the best option. But most people come in with an open mind. They're willing to negotiate. They're willing to work with the other person to try and, and, and reach an agreement. Um, not only is it less stressful, it's less expensive, typically. Um, the, the court process, at least in Massachusetts, is a lot quicker. Um, you are heard a lot more quickly by the court, and it's a one-time hearing as opposed to having to return to court on multiple appearances. Oh, so if you go through mediation, it's a, uh -huh. it's a one-time. Yeah, if you go, Okay. Catherine, thank you so much for taking time to do this. This is wonderful. My you know pleasure. what I love about you? You're very calm. I mean, we've now talked like a dozen or so times probably in the last year or so, and you're very calm, so I could see you in the courtroom being very calm no matter what happens. And that's that's really important in a divorce because this is all about emotion. Right. And I've had actually a number of, of clients say that to me, that um, I have a calming effect on them. <laughs> because oftentimes they'll come into the office and they're all wound up. And then just after talking things through and, you know, trying to maintain um, a level of calm. It usually helps them to bring their emotions down a little bit and just feel a little better about, you know, where they are and where they're going and, and just take some of the angst out of it. Absolutely. And for my listeners, if you want to contact Catherine for a consultation, she can be reached at 781-357-6355 or you can go to her website, which is cbgoodlaw.com, or you can find her in the trusted partner section of Divorced Girls Smiling. In closing, what I wanna say to everybody is, I know divorce is hard, I've been there, but please, please, please keep in mind the outcome of the divorce the entire time I know you're devastated. I know you're scared. I know you're resentful. I know you have anger. I get it. I had all those things. But if you keep your eye on the outcome and try to incorporate these tips, that's what's really going to matter in the rest of your life. So with that said, Catherine and I wish you all the best and all good things. And if you want to reach Catherine, you know how to reach her. And if you want to find other trusted divorce professionals or listen to more podcasts or read articles or download my mobile app or sign up for the free consult, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. 
Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you real soon.